I'm Aunt Kelly Anakin. And I'm Molly of Mitchell Sanchez. We're here to take birth control and talk about The Handmaid's Tale. And we're all out of birth control. Thanks, Trump. This is Red All Over, your handy Handmaid's Tale podcast. Blessed be the fruit. Woo! Woo! It is so fun to do this podcast. I know. Oof. It's been a couple weeks because you were traveling. I was in I'm gay Paris. I'm so happy to see you. I'm so happy to see you. Did you ever watch that movie when you were a kid that was like an animated movie about a cat called Gay Puri? Because I didn't, but I know about it. No. Anyway, um, I'm like 10 years older than you. Wow. So. <laughs> you look great. Oh, thank you. I feel fine. Um, we're very proud to be recording this podcast. Our fans are the best fans. You are all just, we were literally oh. just talking about how great you all are. Because you've um, been so great about rating us and reviewing mm-hmm. us on the iTunes store. That's huge. Mm-hmm. It's so helpful. You're so vocal on Facebook and you're so respectful. And let me just say, like, we've been dipping our toes into other Handmaid's Tale discussions. And they are all trifling compared to the good work you guys yeah, do on our page. You are all so, so thoughtful and you <coughs> retain information, you're which amazing. is impressive in this ADD internet era. So thank you for just being the best. Yep, I'm going to try to do a quick shout out. If I don't mention you, it doesn't mean I don't love you. It just means that uh, I I can't say your name on the air. <laughs> <laughs> shout out to Grace Wank, who made us a cool collage of Handmaid's Tale stuff. Oh, man, that is so what the inside of my brain looks like. Oh, I love I it. I looked at it and I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> shout out to Tally Kern, who hopefully left us an iTunes review. Shout out to Lindsay Orwig, longtime fan of my podcast, actually, and this podcast, and she's oh. having a birthday soon. So oh, happy, happy birthday, birthday, Lindsay. Happy birthday, Christina V. Klein, who makes Martha Rita's as a drink. I laughed so hard about Martha Rita's. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Shout out to Rebecca Page, who said this show uh, helped her after she lost a friend. Uh, That's awesome. And it made her feel like uh, she had a buddy to Oof, listen to. That's so hard. Yeah, uh, Antonella Gizmundi, who said she'd like to be our best friend forever. Antonella, too late. You are our best friend. <laughs> uh, and get back to me about where we're getting brunch. Shout out to Maggie Calm, who said she just gave birth to a Scorpio. And oh, Maggie Calm. God bless you. Oh, why'd you bring that evil what a, into the world? What a, no, listen, <laughs> I'm very pro Scorpio. You I, are. But I'm also like, yeah, I'm very pro Scorpio. But I'm when? also like, don't do that to yourself. <laughs> don't have sex at all in february people <laughs> oh man and just shout out to all of our twitter followers i'm sorry there's way too many notifications to talk to you all but vanessa stack uh everybody else can oh. we talk about the most important person on twitter yes who talked to us recently oh my jonas you want to say it amanda frickin brugal oh aka a- the real Martha Rita. Mm-hmm. She responded to us on Twitter and it was just really sweet. So Amanda Bruegel, if you're listening, we for sure want to get brunch. Yes. The next time we're in Los Angeles, let us know. Slide into our DMs, BB. Yeah. And, you know, thank you for engaging because, you know, I was just like, she has the best reads mm-hmm. on the show. And she very great, very humble, gave all the credit to the writers. Yeah. But I mean, you know. That's good. That's uh-huh. healthy, but also like she's amazing. Yeah. And uh shout out to Bruce Miller who now also follows us on yes. Twitter. I sent him a very brazen DM, not that kind of brazen, but like very <laughs> I would 
would hope not. Accusatory of where the face butter at. So hopefully yeah. we get some return on that as well. But it, none of this, none of this would happen without you fans. Uh, and I mean, so thank I'm, you so much. I'm seeing a much more widespread like face butter. in all of the groups and i think we should take full credit for this absolutely so if you're participating in other handmaid's tale discussion groups remember the official hashtags of the show as follows are hashtag face butter hashtag fall what did i call it Fallgate 2018. Jumpgate. Jumpgate 2018. <laughs> Hashtag Jumpgate 2018. Referring to June maybe falling, maybe jumping off the window. I haven't gone back and watched it. And the most important hashtag of all, the hashtag is hashtag three seasons and no more for the love of God. <laughs> also, you can just use hashtag red all over. Yeah. That which too. is the name of our podcast. It is. As recently featured in TV talk on iTunes. Ooh. We are just, we're having such a great mm. week, podcast-wise. We sure are. Well, let's get into this episode and really bring the mood down. <laughs> okay. Real talk, I give this episode a C-plus at best. I agree. I did not care for virtually anything that happened. There's one thing I loved. Okay. And I assume that you loved it, too, because yeah. you finally got the Serena Joy June team up of your dreams. Oh, I liked that. I liked another thing in this, too. We can get into yeah. it. Yeah, anyway, but I just, like... It felt very disjointed. Mm-hmm. It, it was felt, so short. Yeah. And this whole episode just felt like it was like they're like orphan threads in the writer's room. They were like, oh, well, we kind of uh-huh. wanted to do this thing. Mm, we just had a explosion. Let's just like throw mm-hmm. all this in. Mm-hmm. But let's dive in. So we open. Okay, Wait, wait. It's season two, episode seven. It's called After. Not a great name. <laughs> <laughs> Not one of the commander's finest efforts. <laughs> What do we call it? Uh, about during? No, during is taken. Uh, about uh, before? Well, it's not really before, boss. Okay, after. Let's have lunch. Is that your Bruce Miller? That's impression? my Bruce Miller impression. He sounds nothing like it. He sounds completely insane. He's gonna respond to my Twitter DM. That's like uh, Molly. Can you please quit misrepresenting me? I don't me? appreciate this like Stromboli accent <laughs> you're giving me. Uh, I don't sound like that. Uh, so anyway. we open on Snowfall. And we finally are seeing the funeral handmaids. Now, for as scared as this made us in the trailer, this was nothing in the show. Yeah. I mean, I was really, I mean, I have a lot to say. Okay. I have so much to say about this episode. (laughs) Now, I will also say, though, I love these outfits. These are maybe my favorite costume that they have done in the entirety of the show. They're like peak Lady Gaga awesomeness. They're like... (laughs) Bad romance concurrent, <laughs> but pre meat dress, you know, back when we were like, oh, you're cool. And before she had to get off of cocaine, you know, oh, yeah. Um, but I love these outfits. I think they're mm-hmm. so cool. They're pretty. Cool. I love they're so striking. Mm-hmm. And the handmaids themselves get red coffins. Yeah. I don't know. Did you see because they all had like a wreath or something. Did you see what those were made of I at all? I didn't. No. I didn't either. So Aunt Lydia is giving the eulogy. And I'm curious about who else is there. Well, I wrote down, oh, nice. Kurt from Glee is the drum major. Because <laughs> it was just a very sweet porcelain face baby boy who was yeah. leading them. There's a ring of other people like farther out. And I wasn't uh, sure, like, are these guardians? I are there they some were commanders? Like, yeah. it's just weird to me that more people weren't there. But also, right. they're kind of under martial law right now, but we'll get to that. Mm-hmm. But, but so, it's kind of interesting, you know, we had just come off from, well, I guess two episodes ago was the Prevaganza, where we have all different people from yeah. Gilead together. And it's interesting that this handmade ceremony is kind of just for handmaids. Yeah. 
And so they all are, you know, going to stand next to a coffin, basically, except for June, a.k.a. the cheese, who stands alone. Uh. (laughs) And they all remove their veils. Uh And I loved this. They remove their veils and place it like on the coffin. And Mm -hmm. Aunt Lydia is doing a call and response because Mm -hmm. everything in Gilead is call and response. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like Dora the Explorer. Exactly. <laughs> Which I get those songs stuck in my head constantly. And I have not babysat nary a child for many, many years. Uh, speaking of songs, though, the song that's playing in the background is My Life by Iris Dement. And it includes lyrics. Oh, I love her sister Creme. Creme Dement. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you are a human delight. Um, <laughs> but the lyrics to this song, My Life by Iris Dement, is... Uh, my life, it don't count for nothing. When I look at this world, I feel so small. But I gave joy to my mother and made my lover smile. And I can give comfort to my friends when they're hurting and I can make it better for a while. Just really interesting, kind of sweet, mournful lyrics for this really mournful, you know, ceremony. Cool. cool. And I do Sounds find cool. it interesting that like Aunt Lydia <clears throat> is essentially like the religious efficient here. Yeah. Because it's such a patriarchal society. But again, uh-huh. we've never seen them go to church. Yeah. And I am so curious. Like, yeah. do they go to church? What does worship look like in Gilead? I don't know. Um, um, so like not as important as face butter, but like I would love <laughs> to see what that looks like. Yeah. yeah still more interesting than uh, Luke's ex-wife. <laughs> I think we can all agree <laughs> on that. Who is deaf Guys. I mean, let's be real. Homegirl n- got killed. Like, oh, everybody yeah. I mean, is speculating. Like, dead. Maybe she's going to be a wife, and then Judy's going to have to be her handmaid. She, no, she's also divorced. Like, yeah, she's, she's dead. Yeah, anyway, she's, she's dead. Uh, or even if she's like, she's not. She's not relevant in the present. She's like, colonies. Well, also, boy howdy, we see a lot in this episode that's not relevant to the present. Whoa. So. <laughs> the thing that I think is interesting here is that Aunt Lydia. Oh, God, it's so gross. She says, I I wish I could give you all a world without violence or pain. It's mm-hmm. like, bitch, that's all you give everyone. But she doesn't, she doesn't believe, believe that. It. I know. It's she so doesn't think that. fucked up and yeah. twisted. So we get interior birthmobile. Wait, I think you're missing a huge point. Oh, yeah? This is like a bookend to the episode is that they're repeating the handmaid's handmaid yes so it's of jeb i'm sorry i bizarrely no was it was of zachary there with her big old honker i don't know oh i don't remember Uh, i wrote down what i could hear and i didn't have subtitles or we'd have more but i clocked of ryan of neil of zeb of ben of duncan (laughs) get the fuck out of here duncan (laughs) have a better name It's a whole new regime. You Come could on. totally change your name. Um, actually, it's of Dash. <laughs> it's of Johnny Gunman. <laughs> Johnny Gunman? That's a first name? Yeah, it is. <laughs> I'm a commander. I can. My name can be whatever it wants, and it's Johnny Gunman. Anyway, so yeah, we're hearing more of the commander's stupid, stupid fucking names. But even in death, the handmaids don't get their real names. It gutted me yeah and i'm sorry that i didn't write that note on the page in chronological order because it's like well i just like because you know the whole thing that the handmaids are saying is we remember their names are not even like like if some of them who died have had multiple commanders like Mm -hmm. you know they used to be of ian zaring you know and like of johnny gunman yeah But we won't know. You are also a human delight. So it's just like, you can't, like, this entire society Mm -hmm. is structured Mm -hmm. specifically for these women to be forgotten. Ooh, 
wee. Yeah. No matter what Aunt Lydia says. Uh-huh. Totally. These are not valuable people no. outside of their function. Mm. You do not need names for our purposes. Mm. So now, unless you have Here anything else to no, say, no, no. because I got so much to say about this birth mobile birthmobile scene. Easy for you to say. Uh, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> so... Everybody's in the birthmobile and they're kind of in hushed tones talking about this attack, which many of them witnessed. I think that's part of because we see Offred being very, very emotional about it. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a part of her that feels bad because she wasn't there. Um, so Alma has survived. Um, that one doofy girl has survived. And, you know, there's a couple other handmaids that we've seen and they're talking about, oh, it was 26 commanders and 31 handmaids died. And that made me so angry. And I know you can't control who dies in a terrorist bombing. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, ah, uh, like that more handmaids than commanders died. Totally. is so horrible. I got so excited for a second because I was like, damn, if those handmaids who are on the outside of the room died, I hope Fred is killed. Yeah. Uh, but no I have, such luck. I have more to say about that, too, <laughs> because boy, did he have a very cosmetically unaffected face. Jeez, I know. Out of this whole thing. Anyway. He dropped and covered, and that's what they tell you to do. Uh, Okay. But nobody knows what off Glenn's real name was. Mm -hmm. And we hear several times in this this episode, June saying, oh, we didn't really, like, get to walk together for very long. And I don't think these handmaids are upset enough. Uh, Like, I think part of it is shock. And because also Gilead swung so quickly into martial law that like there is this sort of like free floating terror and like people are afraid still right Mm -hmm. now. But it's just like shit. And also, how do you feel about what Offglen did? Are you mad at her? Do you support Mm -hmm. what she did? Do you you think that it's better to be dead than be a handmaid? And I don't think we get any of that yeah from anybody in this episode that's a good point that's kind of unplumbed territory the way i looked at it was that it's just it is just smarter to ignore yourself against emotional reaction especially considering everything they've been through if they got upset about every death even they'd be fucked but somebody would say something i agree i think it's lazy somebody would say something in that van ride Mm -hmm. yeah they would be like i can't believe she did because like when you have somebody saying oh you know 26 commanders 31 handmaids how is there not one handmaid saying hardly seems worth it like they're all still fucked wow like they haven't really accomplished anything with this bombing like i think i'm I'm grateful for offland that she's dead because yeah. I think her life had become unbearable. Yeah. Well, but like, that's a great point. No, because I mean, it's not like any of them get to stop being handmaids because of what she did. No, I think you're right. I think that's a great missed opportunity mm-hmm. for some good writing. Yeah. So anyway, they do see in this in the course of this same van ride that the eyes have been here. And so you kind of get this Ooh. sweep of the neighborhood and there's a lot of eyes and guardians around. But also there's people hanging from their own trees. So... Who oh boy? I just feel like I feel like in Gilead Grand Central, there's a um, there's like a sign that's like you know it's been X many days since the last <laughs> hanging, but like instead of trying to keep it at zero, they're like guys, come on, we haven't had a good old fashioned hanging. You know this, we built this city on we built public hanging. City on hanging. <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll fix it in post. Um, the 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 question we ask a lot is like who is actually having a good time in in uh, Gilead. And it's uh, Johnson and Sons Hometown Ropes because 
the resistance use ro- uses ropes. The bad guys use ropes. Everybody needs ropes. And Johnson is saying to his son, son yeah, they, that's- need, they need it for the bell for Aunt Lydia. There's always money in ropes, son. What did I tell you? You wanted to become what? A- I wanted to become an artist, Dad. Hey, we're the artists now, buddy. So Bruce Miller also owns the rope company? Yes. <laughs> it's actually Bruce Miller's cameo is the rope baron of Gilead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's very scary then they show the hospital with serena joy looking over fred in a very reminiscent shot of fred looking at serena after she's been shot and also serena looking at offred when oh, well because we get, yeah. the, we get this from fred's perspective and we got offred mm-hmm. waking up from her perspective that's a great and idea. this is the only time i think in the whole episode that we get anything from fred's perspective oh, is him it's him being very like i assume morphined out and again she was very close to him for his face to not get jacked up. See, kids, when something like this happens, cover your face with your hands, tuck and roll. And like, that's what he, he did. He looks better here than that ill-considered time that he played Michael Jackson. Ha! God, I cannot believe that happens. So much shit has happened. And I'm oh, like, why? Lord. Bring back sexy Joseph Fiennes is all I have to I say. I don't know that you can. I think, um. I think he's really leaning into the skid here. <laughs> okay i mean it's got to be a lot of pressure to be attractive all the time oh god don't you hate that pressure on men in hollywood to stay attractive <laughs> it is relentless <laughs> hashtag what about the men <laughs> oh boy they bring mr putnam in and this other guy um his name is matthew mcconamander <laughs> <laughs> because every time i see him I'm like, is this Matthew McConaughey? Wow, really? Yeah, I think he looks just like Matthew McConaughey. That also, is nuts. You I need have, to fix the color on your screen. I have serious Putnam blindness, too, because I oh. don't know what that guy's face looks like. Just look at, count the hands. And I then know, you but I, out. you know what, though? Because they had in the previously on the shooting party, and I didn't realize until they showed it in the previously on that Matthew McConaughey was saying, oh, you're a handicap. And I was like, Oh shit, he got no hand. I know, I didn't realize that either. Yeah. Um, well, and I for cuz somebody brought it up in one of the discussion groups about, oh, you know, he got his hand cut off. And I was like, "Oh, right, cuz I couldn't remember what his punishment was." Mm-hmm. I don't think that punishment fit the crime. I can't TBH. believe he can just be back in action. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I guess it's a good news for Fred and like whatever happens to him. Well, like- yeah, because the big gasp here. Yeah. Because uh, Nick is in there and he's asking Serena, he's like, do you want me to take you home, get a change of clothes, get some rest? Mm-hmm. And she's like, no, I'm very strong. I won't go. But <laughs> Commander Price, uh, Nick's number one daddy, is dead, y'all. Oh, I, that's what that I meant. Thank gasped. you. Thank I, you. Because we just saw, and again, I really think that they construct their previously ons a little bit too on the nose. Oh, man. Talk about on the nose. Westworld has been fucking up lately. Uh, listen, that's anyway, why I don't watch that show. I know you don't care, but yeah. Anyway. I'm not about that Westworld life. Mm-hmm. Okay? I'm just going to watch Deadwood. The good oh, the good Westworld. I love Deadwood. Sorry. Also really good. Did I already talk about how great the Nick is on this podcast? Because it's really good. Hard to remember if it was on this podcast or in our conversations because yeah. our life is content. Our life is content. Anyway. <laughs> But it was just like, because, you know, they showed Commander Price. They showed Matthew oh, McConaughey. Like, they showed all the thing, And it's like, okay, I just really feel like you're tipping your hand about what's happening in this episode. Wow. Um, I didn't clock that. So, you know. Anyway, I'm also very critical. I went to a play last night that had, like, a, like a content warning because it's the Bay Area. <laughs> but it was like, this production uses fake blood and features a character attempting to end an unwanted pregnancy. And I was like, spoilers, bitch. Ooh, that sounds good, though. It was so good. <laughs> oh, my God. It was so good. It's called Dry Land. 
Where, uh, where is that? It's Bermuda? at uh, Ashby Stage uh, Shotgun Players. Oh, thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. So anyway, <laughs> if you're in the Bay Area, go see it. It's phenomenal. Anyway, so they're in there and they're like, okay, Commander Price is dead. And they're like, uh, so we need Fred's signatures on all this stuff. And Serena's like, he's like dying. And I'm like, is he though? Put the pen in his hand and move his hand around. Yeah. Was it Putnam who went up to him and was just like, oh, you know. We're root. It, it looked like he was going to make out with him. It was the other guy who said, "Like, don't worry, we're going to get the guys who did this." Yeah. Team. So his real name is like Kusher. Cush- Cushing is the Cushing. Cushing is like Tony Kushner, the writer of Angels in America. Anyway, <sighs> you don't know my mind. <laughs> That's funny because I was thinking Peter Cushing, who plays Grandma Tarkin in Star Wars. Oh, right. So references are different for everybody. <laughs> We're only two scenes in. We gotta. Yeah, going. we gotta. We gotta get moving um, here. Okay. So, so yeah. So we get introduced to that character, and that's interesting that you mentioned that Nick's collaborator in either Mayday or in spying on the commander or whatever. Mm-hmm. I is think. Dead I think. Now. Well, Commander Price was in charge of the eyes. Mm-hmm. So I don't think he's involved in Mayday at all. Oh, okay. I could be wrong. We could find out some stuff now that he's dead. Yeah. But, you know, Nick had this whole plan mm-hmm. to leave the Waterford's house. Mm-hmm. And now he can't do that. Like, oh, there's, man. there's so nobody smart. to pull him out of there. So he is, he's not as stuck as June is at this point, but he's pretty stuck. Also, Dang. he has a child bride who is, for some reason, barely in this episode. <laughs> I'm okay with it. I'm okay with it. But it's also like, really? Like, come on. Shouldn't she be like afraid and like yeah. inadequately chopping carrots? <laughs> the next scene is in the colonies. Colony time! Yeah, I get so excited. There's a bunch of people who don't like the colonies, and I'm like, what is wrong with you? Well, I think we're done with them. I'm so pissed. <laughs> I'm so pissed. Yeah. Anyway, I will explain why I'm pissed at the appropriate time. But because this part is super scary, because you have no idea. I know. My assumption was that they were grabbing people because the whole thing in Gilead right now that Cushing is overseeing, a.k.a. Matthew McConaughey, <laughs> is trying to root out, you know, the terrorists yeah, who enabled Offlan mm-hmm. to blow up all these commanders and uh-huh. handmaids. You know, they are right. still, you know, that's that's a hell of an export to lose. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah. So, I mean. Yeah, I assume they were calling him in for, like, questioning. So I was very scared. But the one thing I wrote down is they're explaining in really hushed tones to the like overseers what mm-hmm. happened and they said there's a bomb in Gilead <laughs> <laughs> get it that's from the book Moira would say that all the time mm-hmm. yeah I remember that part but I trust you I mean it uh, was it was when they were at the red center but that was that that was like the handmaid's inside joke was to say there's a bomb in Gilead <laughs> but it's hard to say that that's more of a visual joke yeah yeah <laughs> Um, and then just quick aside, a lot of people are texting us and tweeting us about them saying balm in Gilead in the course of the royal wedding. And no, they're not huge Handmaid's Tale fans, though they might be. They might be. They might be. Meghan Markle knows. That minister was from Chicago. Yeah, yeah. She she knows TV people. Uh, but just <laughs> to clarify, that's a reference to the Old Testament and means sort of like a spiritual medicine that's able to heal people so um yeah it's kind of like that's like the pharmacy in the land of milk and honey it, yeah, exactly <laughs> so if it's they also, were saying it in the context of the wedding i'm not sure how that relates they might but. have just been quoting that particular okay. part of scripture <clears throat> okay. i did not watch it i don't wake up for royal weddings but i just I watched do. the pictures what did you think of her dress boring it was so boring how are you gonna come here 
after Kate Middleton rocked the world in that bomb ass lace dress and come in wearing this boring smock. Listen, lady, you don't get points because you're beautifuler in the face than she is. You need to show up to play. It is the royal fucking wedding. So I read somewhere, like somebody <laughs> was like, I appreciate like the gesture, like th- like that somehow it was like this message. Like, oh, even though I am such a successful actress that I was on a USA show. <laughs> You know, oh, I'm not going to, like, draw attention from the crown. But it's like, bitch, you should have had a great dress. I'm fine with a boat neck. I'm not a huge fan of a boat neck. But, like, okay, whatever. But, like, put some detailing on your dress. Yeah. I don't give a shit if your veil is five meters long. It was a cool-ass veil. It was a cool-ass veil. A cool-ass tiara. But all they had to do was put some custom lace on the outside of that thing, and it would have been fine. Just anything. Literally anything. Anything. And you I know was so... Di- like, literally... I was reading in the New York Times, like, all these nutbags all over the country, like, sent in, here is my crazy person design for Meghan Markle's dress. <laughs> and those were all better than what she actually wore. And That's some of them hilarious. were fucking terrible. That's hilarious. Well, I mean, I wonder if it's part of the idea that, like, this is our second wedding. And but so, but if your second wedding is to a goddamn prince, yeah. you can embellish, girl. You're, yeah. Come on. You're about to be a princess. You're an American princess. You're a black princess. Yes. And you disappointed a lot of people today, Meghan Markle. Give us some fucking pageantry, okay? Yeah. God. That said. What? Her tiara was bomb. Oh, her tiara was. Her tiara was bomb. Oh, I would never say an (gasps) ill word. I would not kick that tiara out of bed. All you have to do is put some platinum accents on that dress. Even just a platinum sash. Give me a belt for God's sake. And her earrings were super boring. Oh, my God. You know what? Excommunicated. Oh, my gosh. This okay. marriage is null and void <laughs> on terms of How accessories. Was Harry, though? He was so happy. He was very he happy. Was so happy. Okay. Anyway. Oh, so happy I forgot that time he dressed as a Nazi for Halloween. Right? It's okay. It's I mean, fine. I, I, We've all done dumb stuff. I guess. Anyway, listen. Anyway. You can hear about all this on our other podcast. <laughs> uh, the Royal Weeding. That's <laughs> where we smoke weed, talk about the Royal We and the wedding. Ooh. Cool. That's a Patreon incentive. Well, you know, I already did the whole royal we on my other podcast. Oh, okay. But I mean, we could listen. I will talk about that shit all day, <laughs> all day. Okay, let's get. But back. we can't because we're recapping the Handmaid's Tale, which is a lot more depressing. So, from the colonies, we go to Canada, and in Canada, they're at like the refugee office, and a woman is saying, "Hey." Guess what? There was an attack in Gilead. A bunch of people died, including handmaids. And everybody is frantic because they want to know if it's their person. Except and- for Luke. I know. I don't. What do you make of Luke's sort of apathy think- here? Okay. I think two things. I think that O.T. Fagbenley is making a really strong choice here. Mm-hmm. But he is not being supported by the construction of the show. Ooh. We're seeing very, very little of Luke. And I think that this is a coping mechanism that he's developed where he's just like, look, I've been worried for so long Uh that I can't be worried anymore. Like he has gotten to the point where he's like, it's not that he's apathetic, but he's just like, I can't keep emotionally spiking and falling back and emotionally spiking and falling back. I agree. And Moira is not at that point. And okay, this is where things really start falling apart for me in this episode. Okay. Because... Everybody's swarming the ambassador. And (laughs) and Moira's like, wait, wait, wait. And she's like, Moira, we don't know anybody's name. She's like, I'm looking for somebody else who was picked up before the war. And I'm like, what? Come back on 
on Tuesday, bitch. Also, why were they like, oh, but of course. Right? Because, <laughs> I mean, I think she works there. You but could have come any if other you way. There, also, why are you talking to the head ambassador about this? Like, this is a clerking issue. But if I was in that crowd and I was like worried about my loved one and some lady was like, how about my fiance? And they're like, right this way, madame. I would be so pissed. I would also be pissed. <laughs> what does that have to do with anything? What does it, any of this have to do with anything? A lot of this episode, you know, I'm going to say as somebody who's not a TV writer, I'm just some schlub yet in your living room yet. So much of this is such lazy writing. It's so lazy and it's so stupid. It's so like, eh, we got 13 episodes to fill it. That's good. That's, That's what this. really bothers me about <sighs> American television. I agree. And I mean, we even cut way, 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 way back on our episode orders. But it's like, can you not just have things last the amount of story that you have? Exactly. Jesus. Now, listen, listen, that being said, <clears throat> did I like the Moira flashbacks? Yes, I did. I liked some of them, mm-hmm. but I fundamentally disagree with the premise of her surrogacy oh. as a thing. All right. I fundamentally disagree with finding out about this relationship because, oh, we have heard nothing about this person. Did she mention her in the scene in the first season? When they're uh, by the lake. Okay. But then did she mention her again the day that June got fired and all their assets were frozen and stuff? I think so. I just really feel like Luke or June, like other people that Moira is encountering who knew her from before. How come they're not talking about that? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I agree. It feels so grafted on. Well, okay. Let's, you know what? In the spirit of just getting our yayas out, (laughs) let's talk. Should we talk all of the Moira flashbacks no, at I'm once? Fi- I'm fine going in chronological order. I'm just saying you you liked it much more than I did. I just liked it because it was something that I had never considered before. Yeah. And I thought that that was kind of just an interesting wrinkle that I didn't know. I do think it's interesting because there has been some discussion about like, how did anybody know that Moira was fertile? Ah. And I've just always assumed both from the book and the show. I mean, you can test for that kind of yeah. thing. <laughs> So it's like you don't need to know. Yeah. But I mean, also, there's I think there's other factors at work here, because even if you do successfully give birth and we haven't seen any shredders yet Mm -hmm. in this show, but it's like there's no guarantee that the child will live. Mm -hmm. So, you know, there's having fertile eggs, but there's also, you know, is your child actually going to live outside of the womb? Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, I just thought it was interesting because it was something that I hadn't thought of before. It was something I didn't know I wanted and I enjoyed. I want to point out a quote that Luke says regarding June. And he goes, she's not okay. She's alive. And if that isn't the tagline of this whole show, I don't know what (laughs) is. Uh, So I I, I thought that line was particularly good. Well, and she she gets into this file room. Ugh. At the embassy and, you know, head ambassador taking busy, busy time out of her schedule of finding out who's dead is explaining the filing system. So all these oh, black boy. filing cabinets are like the adult people mm-hmm. in Gilead. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's all people who've died. And then yes. the white cabinets are the children. And it's unclear mm-hmm. to me if it means that children have died because I can't imagine. So, yeah, in the pictures she's looking at they appear to be dead children but it could also be this is just where we're trying to track children in gilead who we've you know absolutely been able to find for me it makes more sense to have 
a file on every person you know. Uh-huh. And then, you know, have a red file if they're dead. Yeah. And a blue file if they're still alive versus what appears to be these cabinets of dead people. Uh-huh. And this one white cabinet of dead or alive children. It yeah. just, it, the filing system seems a little off. You know, they got a lot going on. Also, why isn't this digital, baby? Uh, such a good question. This is bullshit, actually. We shouldn't be, be going through, like, what is, what's that old thing in the library? The microfiche? We shouldn't be microfiching shit in yeah. Gilead times. Well, and, because, I mean, part of it is that they don't have names or any, like, these are just bodies they found, and I don't know what they're going to do with this stuff. Oh, interesting. You know? Well, that's dumb. How do they file that? By numbers. It's just, yeah, because oh, if you look okay. at it, it's all numbers, and it's like it's like a couple different shots. Mm-hmm. There's like a full body shot of the dead person, mm-hmm. uh, like a, like a oh, far I away see. shot, and then a close-up of their They're face. They're not correctly ID'd. No, oh, okay, because okay, there's okay. no way for them to correctly ID them, gotcha. because it's a lot of people who died. I gotcha. And then my other question is, how are they getting these pictures? Well, she says that in, when she's talking about you know whether people are dead or not in Gilead, they have contacts there. So, okay, so they're you know, hacking whatever. Well, and we don't have, we don't have a sense of what the diplomatic relationship between Canada and the U.S. is right now. Yeah, but I don't think it's like, hey, here's my shared Shutterfly account. I mean, Here are I, all these know, dead I don't know. people I, mean, I took there's a picture probably of. People at very high risk, like in there, like taking these photos. I don't yeah. know. But anyway, um, all right, let's get on from their shoddy. On. There's filing. one more thing that oh. I wanted to say. There's this important detail that I think we should mention is that Moira's fiance was quote unquote picked up before the war. Oh, and that wow. to me is the only interesting thing about this that because is. it's like, why was she picked up before the war? I have theories, which we can get into later, okay. but it's like, why was she picked up before the war and not Moira? Oh, that's you a know? great. I, that's a great thing to keep track of. Okay. I'm going to cook on that. The next scene is in the Waterford's house and it's offered putting away her funeral outfit. So to recap, there are the outfits, the handmaid's outfits that we've seen are summer, winter, funeral. <laughs> ah, yes. The three seasons. Um, <laughs> but then I remembered there must be like maternity outfits as well. And there yeah, seems because, to I mean, be. She's, she's more visibly pregnant i think than she was in the last episode which is weird because we were there the whole time yeah and there also seems to be like handmaid's tales sweats which now let me tell you sam (laughs) that is the clothing tie-in i would love because that red sweatshirt looks so Uh comfy oh totally i'm into it but yeah oh and like the sweaters that like eden and the econo wives wear Mm. absolutely and Mm. serena has some dope sweaters too see here's where they goofed we don't want we don't aspire to the sexiness of the handmaid's tale (laughs) we aspire to their dystopian level of cozy (laughs) make note everybody rita comes in and she's like hey there's someone to see you. Who did you think this was? I had no fucking clue. Because I'm like, who does she even know? But also, I thought her box for her funeral outfit looked so much like the boxes they sent. I thought the same thing. I was like, resist, sister! Hashtag! <laughs> Thank you, Hulu, for sending so those So I was boxes. like, Nick wouldn't like need an appointment. I just, I couldn't think of who on earth it could be. I thought it was Hannah. Oh, yeah. I never thought that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, Hannah's been brainwashed. She doesn't even know who she is. I know. I thought that's the scene we were going to get. I was excited for it. Anyway, uh, so it's Cushing. Down AKA there. Matthew McConaughey. That's the one you think looks like Matthew McConaughey? Yeah. Oof. What do you think Matthew McConaughey looks like? Because he what looks do you just think like this guy. Matthew McConaughey he's got a beard like. and he's real skeezy. Okay, Matthew McConaughey doesn't have a beard. Yes, he does. <laughs> he frequently has a beard, Molly. 
I have never once in my entire life seen Matthew. Look up Matthew McConaughey on the beach. Hold on. (laughs) (laughs) I'm looking at photos of Matthew McConaughey in various terrible beards. You know, it's not often that a man looks worse with a beard, but boy, howdy. Really? I think he looks so much better with a beard. Are you fucking nuts? Look at this. Did you know um, that Matthew McConaughey also a Scorpio? Oh, you bitch. <laughs> We're moving on. All right. I, cannot. I think, you know what? We're going to have to have a poll. I cannot. We're going to have to have a poll because I think that Cushing looks so much like Matthew McConaughey. Jesus Christ. And I think you're wrong. <sighs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So Cushing is there and he's interrogating her. And I was wondering why this attack made him suspicious of Fred. I don't think he was suspicious of Fred. Oh. Look, he knows that she did not get kidnapped. Right. So he knows she personally is connected to the underground in some Ah, way. Ah, okay. Now, if that implicates Fred, I think it's so much the better for him because he's clearly wanting to, like, have more power. Mm -hmm. I think the other commanders, like, elected him to do stuff. Elected who? Cushing? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I don't know. Anyway, Fred's stead. But so yeah. he he knows that Offred knows some people in the underground, yeah, and you know she she plays it pretty good for she, once in her yeah, goddamn for, life. For once, she's not emoting, <laughs> and you know he's saying, "Oh, you know, you can trust me," and I'm like, "I have never trusted a commander less," and these are not people that I trust. No, 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 trust no one. And you know he's he's talking to her, and he's trying to like appeal to her being pregnant and saying you know (laughs) what kind of world are we going to leave the next generation and she's like this world is fucked up already bro like this did not make it any better or worse in the long term agreed and uh, he goes up and touches her stomach and like memo to the world i know the people that need to hear this do not know what a podcast is but jesus christ do not touch a pregnant woman's belly and never touch anybody's hair just don't touch other people just don't. Yeah, just be alone forever. <laughs> Go in a cave. <laughs> oh, that sounds so restful. <laughs> oh, my God. I'd love to find a cave. So anyway, he's clearly threatening her. Mm-hmm. And she is unsettled by this. Like, when he leaves, she's very upset. And <gasps> we hear dogs barking and sirens. Like, really? That's the soundtrack to this entire episode is there's just sirens everywhere. And I feel like we haven't heard that too much. Right. Here's, in and in either season, I agree. Like with you. I can't remember if there were sirens when Emily went all you know, um, Rebecca Louise. Gayhart. Uh. Uh, <laughs> I was gonna say Brandy, but that's mean. <laughs> Just, I didn't even get that. Oh, Brandy uh, committed vehicular manslaughter, and nobody talks about it. Oh my god! Just like uh, Caitlyn Jenner. Yes, that's a much better burn. Yeah, because I'm empathetic to Brandy. I'm not yeah. very empathetic to Rebecca Gayhart. Anyway. And Matthew Broderick did that too. Oh my God. Anyway, hashtag celebrity murderers. <laughs> <laughs> How is that not a podcast yet? Like that's the true crime oh, podcast. Shit. We should start that podcast. No, I'm too scared. All right. I'll find a non-scared person to do it with. Now, here's my question. What the heck are the dogs sniffing for? Fertility. We've discussed this. Because <laughs> <laughs> right now it seems like they're sniffing for like thought crime. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. These are do- these are psychic canine units. <laughs> Where's the show about that? They're looking for the bomb in Gilead. You can't have bomb sniffer dogs. Okay, so it may be that, but I honestly think they're more of an intimidation tactic than anything else. 
You know, it's sort of just this like, or, you know, maybe they might be because it's to me, a lot of the imagery here is very, very reminiscent of the Holocaust and the SS going and like Mm -hmm. trying to find people who are hiding. Mm -hmm. So it may be that Cushing and his crew think that somebody's like physically hiding people from the underground in their homes. But what we actually see and we this is a little lazy too because we don't really find out what happens until later and it's just like weird because June goes up to the window and again just stay away from windows June there's oh, nothing for you there June. but there's two Marthas in the street and one like runs away and the other one just gets shot mm-hmm. and I'm just like what like you have no idea what's going on and like I was briefly really worried that one of them was Rita Me too. and I was like oh my god Amanda Bruegel just tweeted at us <laughs> I know. I did think of it exactly in this. And I was like, is she engaging as part of like her farewell tour? And I, this, this also made me gasp because I was not expecting this because it's not until this point, I think that you really understand like the extent of the martial law because with the people hanging in the trees, like a, I think we're a little bit numb (laughs) to people getting hung on this show. Mm -hmm. And B, that was clearly somebody where it was like, oh, like they went in their house and they took them out of their house. This is just somebody in the street. Like, I don't know if she's walking somewhere or what, but it's scary. Mm -hmm. I agree. And I guess, you know, if you were to press the writers about this kind of storytelling, they'd be like, oh, no, it's to make you feel as unsettled. Boo! As Incorrect. <laughs> the next scene is at the hospital. And this is gross. Offred um, <laughs> goes to see Fred. Fred perks up just enough to neg her. And he's like, you're bigger. And she goes, yeah, well, you look like shit. He doesn't even look that bad, though. He doesn't. He doesn't even look like he got blown up. It is so disappointing. Also, the way that this is written and delivered, is this the first time Serena knows that Offred's okay? Like, it was just so awkward. And it's like, did you not, like, check on her before? Like, Yeah, call ahead. But actually, no, because Offred wasn't even there. I think she means they know that there was a shooting outside their house. All right. Okay, well, then that may... Okay, I rescind that comment. (laughs) That is not part of the reason that I give this episode a C plus. Yeah. So, yeah, this scene is mostly super boring. And then um, (laughs) she leaves in the hallway. And I know what happens next, not because I wrote a note about the action that happens, but because I wrote in all caps, be more careful. Oh, my God. They are doing full Grey's Anatomy, make out in hallways and hospitals. My all caps note is not the time to make out nick because she passes nick and she is explaining to him that this martha was killed in the street and she wasn't doing anything she was just reaching for her pass and i'm like okay so you're trying to make this like like a police shooting of an african-american or something i know i did think of that that was the comparison they're trying to draw like dick wolf of law and order ripped from the headlines fame watches this and is like oh that's very unsubtle even that would be too much for me and so like you know she's telling nick about the questioning that mcconamander subjected her Mm -hmm. to and like i don't even know what happened are they like i love you and stuff i'm just like so bored by them now i think when they were writing this episode they didn't have that scene and then someone's like hey um do we uh put any kissing in this yet (laughs) oh my god robert you're right put some kissing in this yeah because you know what we don't get any kissing from is moira and her fiance who is according to all the press materials for this season the love of her life yeah um (laughs) 
more lesbian kissing. Yeah, have we, yeah, so she gets to finger blast somebody, but she can't be, you know, just smooching? Mm, Fuck give you. Give me some smooching. Oh, also, can we talk about Lando Calrissian be pa- being pansexual? I believe our friend Maggie uh, retweeted a tweet that coined the term Dumbledoring, yeah. which is where you queer a character off screen and expect to get humanitarian points for that. Yeah, because, like, <laughs> listen, I would love to watch Donald Glover fuck a dude. I would oh my love God. it. I would love to watch Billy D. Williams fuck a dude. I, I would like to watch Billy D. Williams fuck Donald Glover. I, oh my God, if it was like a sexy looper situation. <laughs> I'm doing the face that Donald Glover made when he met LeVar Burton. And yes. you know what? LeVar Burton can get in on there oh, too. absolutely. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Listen, people, have the courage of your convictions or rather have mm. convictions and don't then later, mm. you know... It just mm. makes me just because, like, I know a lot of pansexual people. That being said, <sighs> you gonna see Solo? I don't care. I already bought tickets. I, d- I know you did. We ha- that's because we got in that fight with everybody about how Rogue One is trash. Mm. Uh, the official position of this podcast: Rogue One equal sign trash. Mm-hmm. We know it's not trash. Uh, no, I'm gonna say a little bit trash. This relationship with Nick and she says something very important to him, which is like, you know, me be careful, but mostly you be careful, yeah. bud. You're the person that they're looking for, yeah. basically. So that's, I think, why Nick is swayed into the conspiracy later to help get, bring down Cushing because Cushing yeah, is yeah. Cushing is hot on his trail. Yeah, Cushing is gonna kill Nick. Yeah, if he like, because all it takes is just one one little cookie to crumble. And it's going to be pretty obvious. As the phrase goes. <laughs> well, and again, I'm like, how does Serena not suspect that Nick is the one who got her out of there? Or like, does I know. she? Like, because. I agree. I don't you know. We, we've had a lot of conversation about like people like, oh, you know, she set this whole thing with him getting married to Eden in motion. But it's like, if she's smart enough to recognize that he's sort of like hovering around off red, who, who else does she know? She doesn't know anybody. Yeah. Totally. That's how this society is structured. I agree. I, I think that's kind of an oversight on the writer's part. Um, so the, I wrote the cheese stands alone again uh, because Offred is sitting at home not eating whatever she wants to eat. But I did like the line. Serena comes to her and says, the baby needs rest. And she goes, the baby needs Twinkies, but we're compromising. Yeah. And the note I wrote there is, come on. <laughs> Twinkies exist in Gilead. <laughs> Twinkies uh, yeah. survive all kinds of dystopia. <laughs> Twinkies yeah, exist. Yeah, but if their whole thing is like organic blah 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 like the twinkies were probably you know first they mm. came for the twinkies and i said nothing <laughs> then they came for the ding-dongs and i said nothing yeah they came from the ho-hos that's when i would react and then they came actually for little debbie i don't know i yeah. wouldn't react until they came for the donuts ah ah fair i wouldn't react until they came for the fruit pie Ooh, mm-hmm. the hostess fruit pie i'm starving <laughs> uh, <laughs> so the the line that i think is important here I thought <gasps> was going to be important was when Serena Joyce says Cushing will be the death of us all. Uh-huh. And I was kind of like, oh, no, is he? OK, but here's where I ask this question. Mm. Did he set this terrorist attack up? Whoa, we what? Wow. Now, with the way the episode resolves, I think maybe not <laughs> because they have done everything they can in this episode. They're like, oh, what an interesting choice. Let's make it boringer. <laughs> um, but it's like, OK, so he could have, you know. I'm sure there's commanders in Gilead that are kind of working with the underground. There's got to be. To advance their own causes within Gilead. But I mean, Cushing leveled way up here with the death of Commander Price. Yeah. So I'm curious if he's involved. And uh, oh, my God, this was my favorite part. 
if the whole episode had been like this, it would have been an A plus <laughs> because mm-hmm. Serena saying the commander would never let that happen. And Offred just straight up looks at her and says, he isn't here. not here Mrs. Waterford oh my god so amazing oh it's so good such a great she, scene well, between she's them threatening her without her actually doing anything but, but no it, look if he goes down they all go down and mm-hmm. as you know Serena's not thrilled about the gender roles in Gilead period Mm-mm. but I mean fuck Mm-mm. well and it's like you know Offred to an extent in the same way that she's protected among the handmaids she's protected a little bit in this household yeah where She's pregnant, so whatever mm-hmm. punishment they're going to dole out, they're probably not going to dole out till later. Ugh. But um, turns out, again, we're going to find out later in the episode, everybody gets infinite chances in Gilead. The, oh, God. That's so <laughs> fucking stupid. It, uh, the more I think about it. Anyway, we'll Let, get to we'll it. We'll talk about it later. I wonder, though, if what we know is that June ends up helping Serena Joy. And I wonder if this could be the thing that saves June past her pregnancy. Because if she if they were like, well, we're going to kill June, June could be like, "Uh uh-huh, uh-huh, adulterer, reader, forger. Yeah, I can take all y'all down with me. So you better not kill me. I mean, they're definitely setting up. And again, if they're going to do 10 seasons, but like they're setting it up. It's like, oh, now it's going to transform into like a quirky workplace comedy. And like everybody (laughs) does something different. They read my letters. Or it's like it's like the great escape. (laughs) <laughs> oh girl i would love that but what does concern me about her and serena kind of teaming up here is like i don't want them to buddy up like it's not appropriate it's not appropriate but it's I not want appropriate it. and i don't see how it's sustainable but whatever okay we got to keep moving it's the been next... almost an hour and there's like oh, shit yeah shit. we just having fun the next is luke offering indian food to moira which i think luke is getting kicked back from his local indian food place because this is the second time he's mentioned it well it was uh, the same day yeah like, i know is, but he's, he's like, like are you rotis. sure you wouldn't like matheson's indian food <laughs> off i-99 they have the best roti yeah and you can pick up tylenol on the way <laughs> um and i like the jab she throws at him about having being from the land of bad hats mm-hmm. very funny we talked about that well then her, we... whole, her whole thing is she just wants to know if odette was alone when she died and i'm like bitch watch johnny darko we all die alone i know very dumb I don't like the motivation for these flashbacks, but I do like these flashbacks because then we go to Lama's class with June and Moira. And also, I think there was a point in here where June was a really bad friend when she was asking for the ultrasound picture for Moira. And I I forgot to mention it at that point because I was like, no, Moira's a surrogate for this couple from Britain and she's maintaining really healthy boundaries with this baby. And that doesn't change. Like throughout these entire flashbacks, she's like, nope. I wanted $250,000. I wanted to have a healthy baby to give mm-hmm. these people. And she does. There's no sense to me yeah. that she regrets giving the baby up. Me neither. Except for maybe when she sees the dead kid. When does she see the dead kid? She's flipping through the album uh, and there is a baby that is dead. And I don't know. Oh, if- shouldn't that baby have been in a different file? <laughs> they made a whole point about it. She's like, this is egregious. And somebody's like, I know it's egregious that the baby died. And she's like, no, this filing is horrible. It should be in the white cabinet. It should be in the white cabinet. Now, I think she, the brief- symbolism is very clear. I think she briefly looked in the white cabinet and saw a baby that either reminded her of Gavin or was Gavin. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that she regrets giving him up. I know. I'm because, just saying look, they took her baby to England. Yeah. This is the best outcome for that baby. Yeah. 
okay, then that seems like there's no way that baby in the picture could have been Gavin that, I don't th- I Look, everybody's just sad when they see a dead baby, except oh, yeah. apparently you. No, <laughs> I am. I'm being, this is so off-brand. That's so a thing I... I'm being crass for humor. Obviously, I, I cried during this part. I don't like this part. I only cried during one part, and it was a part that I hated, but we're not there yet. So... Yeah, but anyway, yeah. they're in Lamaze class, and like... We don't really need to... It was a dumb scene, and like, I don't know why June didn't just say, hey, you're being hormonal, and that's fine. Because that was clearly what was going on. Because Moira, like, was, like, going off on her for having a relationship. And I'm like, you're only doing this so you can shoehorn this stupid romance (laughs) into this thing. I did like June's handling of her because it's such, like, the way that you handle your friends where you're like, okay, what does she need right now? She's not mad at me. She's acting out. If I, like, let me, like, make fun of my husband a little to get on her side right yeah but like i, I also just i just wrote this scene is meh like yeah. i didn't need this in here at all this episode i think is it's meh. very sweet that june is showing up for her friend and mm-hmm. being her lama's partner and supporting mm-hmm. her through this but i'm also like june don't you like have a job and stuff like what do you june, you, you have, also have you your have own baby yeah <laughs> anyway but. let's move to the next one i wrote the next scene takes place in nick's dorm <laughs> Where Serena Joy is sitting in the dark. I was just like, Nick walks around all skulky. He's just like, he's like, yeah, I know what I'm doing. I know what I'm doing. I know what I'm doing. I'm like, dude, you obviously don't know what you're doing. And uh, she sent Eden off to visit the Websters. And she wants to know how to forge a document. Great. We can move on. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Then we get another flashback. Moira had a son. And damn, (laughs) they, they did a crappy job casting this because i think that baby's supposed to be a newborn he looks fully six months old no he is six months old they say that no they say that the family sent her a card when he was oh six shit old. never mind you're right so they're meaning for it to be right after he's born i don't think i think it might be like three months or something why In because she would breastfeed would the baby what adoption works that way a lot of them because people think yeah people think that it's really important to like breastfeed your baby okay i once had a friend i'm granted she had her own kids but she was like when i was like still thinking about maybe having kids i said something about how i didn't want to breastfeed them and she's like don't you want your kids to be smart Uh, anyway shout out though because this this couple is south asian i believe are they both or is just the wife i thought they were both south asian the guy could go either way although honestly if this is like another like it can't be interracial unless one of them is white one brown one white we're done printed baby let's go to lunch (laughs) um the only thing that broke my heart about this scene is when she said it's weird to be alone I thought she she didn't say it was weird. She said like she did it was yes, weird, she but did. she sounded relieved to me. Okay, I, don't, look, I she read did that not, as, she did not enjoy being pregnant. She liked the kid fine. I didn't read that as like oh whoa to me. I've made a huge mistake. I just read it as like that is an emotionally resonant line. Okay. okay. <laughs> uh, then we skip to my favorite pickup line, which is, you know anything about Malbec? A plus. Malbecs are amazing, but also, Yum. who buys wine outside in Boston? <laughs> what the fuck is this? Ah, uh, yes. Welcome to the many sites of Boston. One is our outdoor wine market. It's clearly in the very cold. cold out. What are you all doing? Your reds are going to be cold, and no one likes a cold red. Also, fuck this storyline. She gets engaged to her motherfucking fertility doctor surrogate dealer. Hey, she's already seen her vagina. Which she does. Like, that's the whole conversation. She's like, hey, my pussy's getting better. Uh (laughs) (laughs) Hashtag broken pussy to all my friends of Insecure. 
Friends, mm. fans. Mm. Anyway, this Let's infuriated on. me. Yeah, it's kind of boring. Well, and okay, also like. Uh, I, I don't... This is so uninteresting to me. Yeah. Let's move on. Um, she works at a, at a lesbian, like, collective, and she couldn't meet anybody there? Yeah. <sighs> well, and because that's the thing, too, is that it's this reveal. Like, we don't know who her fiancé was, basically, up until this point. Mm-hmm. So it's like, huh, gotcha! It was her fertility doctor, because frequently people breach ethics <laughs> and date their former patients. Hey, if they're cute. <laughs> As Samira Wiley is very cute. She is scene. very cute. Like, and and the act, other woman is cute. She too. acts the shit out of this, but I don't care. Yeah. I could have handled, like, the surrogacy thing would have been much more interesting to me if she had just met some random other bitch at yeah. this point. Because they set it up where she's like, oh, I would like to have a partner. It doesn't have, like, don't you know anybody else except June and Luke? Apparently not. That's where <laughs> she's going. <laughs> That's funny. It's real fucked. Okay, so Guardians the next one are still posted up outside everywhere. But oh, this is crazy because Cushing swoops in like he's going to get somebody uh-huh. and instead he gets got by Putnam. Ooh. So putting him in his place more like You only it. need one hand to arrest Commander Matthew McConaughey. Hey. Only hand I need <laughs> is the hand of justice. <laughs> hey, I got that line from Johnny Gunman. Yeah. <laughs> Johnny Gunman for the win. And he's just shooting him finger guns in the back of the car. And like, it's almost a buddy comedy at this point between Nick and Serena because Serena goes to the door and like, everybody's like, oh shit, he's here. And I'm just, I'm also curious, is Rita in on this at all? I think Rita's just in the background or as Amanda Bruegel is so fond of saying, Rita's a target. (laughs) (laughs) Which, you know, target survived. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, but I feel, but it doesn't have a name anymore and it doesn't need to because their symbol is just a target. All flesh. Instead of all flesh, it's all things that you didn't know you needed. (laughs) (laughs) Rita's a big fan of that like one to five dollar impulse buy thing at the front. Uh, Mr. Waterford, I brought you um, a basket. A, a Mrs. candle Mrs. Waterford I brought you a tin pail and a Charleston chew <laughs> <laughs> exactly one because that's all a dollar's worth these days and some socks that are for babies but could fit adults anyway then oh <laughs> the thing I wrote here is can the per- same person who made us that Handmaid's Tale Friends compilation please give us a super cut of Serena Joy to the tune damn it feels good to be a gangster <laughs> Either that, or can somebody make a Serena Joy Thug Life compilation where she says something and then it pauses and the little sunglasses and the joint slip into her mouth? I would, you know what? That's all I want for my birthday. Cool. Well, it's coming up. So, it's coming up. so please time. make a gangster Serena Joy uh, edit for me. I would love that because she really did the damn thing here. Cushing was getting in her way and she stopped him in his tracks. She's like back to her old Serena Joy tricks and I am living. Yes. So and then we're at the store. Ooh, yeah. It's okay. not all flesh. Is it milk and honey? Do they s- state that specifically? It is not stated, but there's a hodgepodge of different things. There's yeah, herbs. So, there's yeah. This I mean, bread. this is this is like the produce market, whatever yeah, it is. Yeah. And Eden's there. <laughs> Fucking Eden. That's all my notes for Eden is like Eden was there too. I have a note about her later, but that's- so she's like, "Bless a day, Alfred. I'm making lemon chicken, and I'm getting like." 
garlic garlic and, and kale or something and it's like oh god go back to fucking pinterest bitch oh god she's so, like okay i'm gonna go check out the mason jars yeah so then somebody like jumps on top of june and i'm like ah more terror no but you, kind of, <laughs> you sort shouldn't of. jump on anyone in gilead they're too tense <laughs> yeah, especially right now i would like karate chop a bitch that jumped me in, in gilead but guess what it's janine who helpfully exposits that after the bombing there weren't enough handmaids so they brought a bunch of them back and i'm like oh you mean with your ovaries and your eggs that have been exposed to toxic waste not only that you've shown yourselves to be like uh janine willfully almost throws babies off bridges yeah and emily uh drove a car and murdered somebody it's, it's like so it's so fucking lazy it's so lazy it's so fucking lazy there's no way oh there's there's so many things wrong with this there's a no way they would bring those ladies back from those crimes yeah there's just no way b they've been exposed to toxic waste c they wouldn't put them in the same town with their same friends who have just recently been insurgent i'm sorry this is such fucking lazy writing no and it's like you know what there's plenty of shows oh. that like can follow characters that are widely disparate. Of course. There is absolutely no... Like, I thought we were going to get some real interesting stuff oh, out of the colonies. And we got too. some good stuff. Yeah. But it's like, okay, like, way to do exactly what Gilead does and say that these per, that the, these women are worthless and their stories aren't interesting. Uh, it was so dumb. Because we're not going to be there anymore. And listen, I do like how this scene plays out. But having them back in Boston in this same neighborhood after what they did is so dumb. And I'm surprised Maggie Att signed off on it, to be honest. Bitch, you know, she's just smoking blunts and counting money. <laughs> she does not talk about a gangsta. Now she I, does not care. I want that picture, too. Please, she's somebody. Like, yes, I'm going to die soon. Somebody, I don't care. I need a Serena Joy with like a teardrop tattoo <laughs> and a joint. <laughs> and I also need Maggie Etz with the sunglasses on. Please, I beg of you. Okay, but I think we disagree about how this ends. Okay. Because I cried. I cried too. When they were telling each other their names. However, this is like when June's like, no, you be careful. I'm like, bitch, you're under martial law. I know, I know. Have this conversation in private. I Listen, I and agree I with think, you. And I think they're trying to call to the book in that very, it's the first page of the book where the meme of telling people your real name is going around the dormitory at the red mm -hmm, center. Mm -hmm. But it's like and the actress who plays Brianna, oh. I give her the like, mm -hmm, oh my mm. God, you can go up against Emos face acting award here mm -hmm. because every time she said her name to somebody, I wept anew. I know she did such a great job. And a, I love that this is happening mm -hmm. and it is, you know, it's, not as elegant as I would like it to be Agreed. tied back to the birthmobile scene. Mm -hmm. I know that they go different places in it, but I just like calling it the birthmobile. I get what you're saying. I think it's a perfect bookmark to the beginning where the dead handmaids have their handmaid name. Yeah. Well, and, and they didn't know off Glenn's name. Absolutely. That's, I think it's much more that she didn't know right. specifically what so off it's Glenn's them name was because claiming their humanity. Yeah. And I'm fine with that, but don't do it in the middle of the grocery store. I know. Because they cut to Eden, and I'm like, is Eden going to snitch? Well, here's so here's the thing. So two things. One, I love how in the background when they're like, I'm Brianna, I'm like, there's one that's like, I am Shannon, and it is my birthday <laughs> week, and you will treat me as such. All of these oranges are free. Um, 
And I liked when all of the names are swirling around and Eden's in the middle and Eden's like, uh, Eden. Yeah. E- Eden. I'm um, Eden. Anybody? Anybody want to know? I also want to give a, sh- fucking derp. a special shout out. Speaking of derps, the derpy handmade uh, Dolores. Oh, uh, I well, because I've never even known what her handmade name was. Yeah, and her name is Dolores, which I like to think is some subtle shade at Westworld. Fuck you, <laughs> Westworld. But she's the girl who was also an orphan black. Who I always oh. clock her because I recognize her face. Her character in Orphan Black was named Mud, which is even worse than Dolores. Right. But anyway, so I'm you know shout out, thank you everybody for identifying her for me. I can sleep at night now. Well, I like that scene, but I think you're right. Very unsafe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, and I love I love the spirit of the scene. Yeah, but I try not to read too much think pieces. But I read a very like negative review of The Handmaid's Tale. I can't remember who wrote it. I'll see if I can find it and I'll send it to you. But like basically saying that all of these moments, like in the first season, the you know no lite tebas stardes carbondorum bitches, and like there's these notes of like false hope because like guess what? It's not going to get better. And mm-hmm. the problem here is more with the like the music. It's like, oh my god, things are gonna get better, and it's not. Like they're just gonna right. know each other's names when they die. Like, no, but that's that's as much hope as we can hope for. Yeah, I know. Listen, I'm actually blaming this woman for poisoning my mind. But here's the thing: is <laughs> I shit on Handmaid's Tale all day long. But as soon as somebody that's not you or me criticizes it, I'm like, don't you dare! <laughs> this is a perfect show. I no because you know I've been I've been like talking to like different press people about doing an interview with us and like so many of them who come back are like the handmaiden and I'm like bitch I hate that that's a different movie like Park Chan Wook I hate when people do that that's a pet peeve it's like can you not read because I know you can please we're typing emails to each other all right we're almost done uh we get back to Canada and Luke is wearing a sweater did you see what that sweater was made out of no boyfriend material (laughs) oh you're fired and I love you. <laughs> oh boy. Um so they're reading off the names. Again, more names. Names are so important. Mm-hmm. That's a name is what we hold on to our humanity and our identity by. I like thinking about the process of getting these like stock photos I or was is it like that too. or is it like, you know, these are like the actual headshots of the extras. Who, That's hilarious. Yeah. I hope it's that unless Again, if they're going to run into a Westworld scenario where they end up having to cast the woman whose headshot they used. Although, I I don't know. You know, I didn't recognize any of these people. So it was like, you know, who cares? Then we show the shrine. Well, first we find out what Offglen's name was. It was Lily Fuller. And the ambassador says, we believe this is the woman responsible for the attack. (laughs) Lily Fuller? Vagina? No, I don't get it at all. No, some people call vaginas lilies. Okay. My friend Taylor's mom used to, but okay, maybe that's just okay, it. My your friend, friend Taylor's, Taylor's mom, mom is weird. She is, but I love her. <laughs> Shout out to you, Mish. You're the real one. Um, Did she call it her Lily Pulitzer? Oh! Uh, no, it was not uh, <laughs> yuppie enough. So then they go to the shrine. We get a neat shot. Did of we the- even talk about the scene where she finally finds Odette's picture of her being dead? Because she did. Okay. It that happened. Ha- that I don't happened. know. If- yeah. <laughs> So that happened. <laughs> uh, we get the neat shot of the sh- the shrine in Little America, and the Canadian American logo is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. The thing I think about here, she puts down the picture of Odette. So we get to see the shrine in Little America and the Canadian American logo. Do you think neat. it's significant that the photo she puts is of her and Odette? What do you mean? Like, is Moira dead? <laughs> like inside. I mean, I think more likely she only had one That's picture. What I'm thinking as well. <laughs> also, where the fuck did she get that? Yeah, that is an excellent question. Maybe she went on her. She unlocked her old MySpace. Somebody. 
<laughs> as we are want to do. Although, I mean, I think they can be on Facebook. They're in Canada. <laughs> so she found her old They're Facebook. They're on Facebook.ca. <laughs> and she found that picture. All right. Then we get the final scene. Oh, I love this scene. <gasps> if the whole episode had been up to the standard of these two scenes between June and Serena Joy, this episode would have been baller. Mm-hmm. But as it stands, I think it was a weak episode where nothing happened. And it's like, I would be okay with kind of taking a minute to like mm-hmm. take a knee because we've had a lot of really action-packed, mm-hmm. very emotionally draining episodes. Mm-hmm. But like, nobody was even emoting. Yeah. Like, but they also weren't freaked out and out enough to like suggest how dangerous the situation is. This is, is. such anyway. a throwaway episode. So Serena brings Offred into the commander's office and I kept wanting to be like, hey, hey, don't look like you know too much. I know. Oh, what is this place? Oh, wow. Oh, he moved the scrap. I mean, what? I have never <laughs> been inside of here. Serena basically is like, hey, um, here's all of these security orders that I'm, you know, putting the commander's John Hancock on. Mm-hmm. And Offred is like, why are you telling this to me? <laughs> mm-hmm. Initially. And then mm-hmm. Serena says, you're an editor. Is that right? She very pointedly speaks in the present tense. And Offred says, I was. Mm-hmm. Till you told me I couldn't read and write, bitch. Oh. But you know what? I love... And again, the show is so difficult because I am so excited for Serena that she gets to use her brain mm-hmm. for a change. Mm-hmm. And because basically she says, okay, you know, we are de-escalating all the security. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I think it's time that we get things back to normal. Mm -hmm. And it's also insane because what, you know, when I was emotionally invested in this episode, I too was like, can we just get back to normal? But like normal is still horrifying in Gilead. But better never means better for everybody. Because I'm so symmetry minded, I want you to look at this scene where she's having June read the manuscript, not the manuscript, but the the proposal. I want you to look at this as an interesting mirror piece to Fred wanting her to read these like women's magazines Mm -hmm. in the same spot. Yep. So it's like he wants her to read something that he gave her that is kind of like asinine. And she wants her to read something that she wrote that is mm-hmm. interesting and, and really. Moira and Mayday wanted her to read all of these personal stories of women. Right. But that didn't happen in the study is all I'm saying is like the study is a place where people watch June read mm-hmm. and it's just two different ends. And then the other thing I think is symmetrical and gorgeous is the pen click mirrors the bomb click yeah and the pen is red oh what i'm very excited about this yeah i love action serena joy even though i know it doesn't absolve her Um, (laughs) no i wonder if there was a slight no there wasn't i was gonna say is she telling her that security is like down as like hey maybe one day nah yeah absolutely are you kidding look if Beyond, I forget who I'm talking. Beyond about. anything, Serena Joy's attitude is going to be: if I'm stuck here, you're, you're stuck, stuck, here. stuck here. Yeah, totally. you're not getting out of here. <sighs> Man, that was a, that was a great part of a mostly meh episode. Yeah, it was just so blah. And again, it's like I know you know. I guess they can't all be winners. Uh, <laughs> they could if there was only six or ten episodes. Yeah, or they could if they were Deadwood. Um, <laughs> That's true. <laughs> uh, there's some. Nope. Nope. There's not. Nope. Nope. Uh, there's right. there's a couple like plot threads that go nowhere or yeah. are deeply uncomfortable. Shout out to you, Steve the Drunk. <laughs> but like they Aww. serve a purpose, you know? Like anyway. Okay. Anyway, okay. uh hopefully the next episode will be back to form. Because I think the first six episodes were so great. Rock solid. Like there have been some logistical issues that we had. Mm-hmm. 
again, I think it's such a dumb, dumb, dumb choice to bring Janine and Emily back so in. Dumb. I am going to be amazed if they can pull that. Again, though, if they brought them back to ferret out terrorists, that almost makes sense. Like, if they're like, oh, hey, like, you can come back, but you got to, like, inform on people. But mm. I don't think they're doing that. So you're giving them too much credit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think they're just like, yeah. what if the gang got back together? It's so weird to me because Margaret Atwood always layers things so much. Whereas I feel on this show, it's so much at face value. Mm-hmm. And they really feel like they need to spell things out, which I think yeah. is on most display in their previously ons. Yeah. Oh, God. Oh, well. Uh, all right. Take care of yourselves. Have a good week. And no lite, tebastardes, carborundorum. Dum, 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 I think that away from me. I was trying to do the medley. Yeah, I was doing at the end of the song. Anyway, that was Uncle Fucker from South Park. Longer and uncut. Woo!